You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. One night I was in my room and that night I thought, now I'm going to do what I planned that day and I've been thinking about for several weeks. I'm going to do it now. So I What I did first was I finished my homework, and then I got a little booklet, similar to this one. This is called Journey into Life. Uh, The one I had was called How to Become a Christian, and I followed the instructions. I'm not going to read the whole booklet to you, but uh, it had something similar to this, which was the ABCD of How to Become a Christian. So A, admit, something to admit that you have sinned in the sight of God. Be deeply sorry for your sin, hate it, and be willing to turn from every thought, word, action, and habit that you know to be wrong. B, something to believe. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, bearing all the guilt and penalty of your sin. C, consider. Something to consider. Consider that Jesus never promised it would be easy to follow him. Expect opposition, sneers, and misunderstanding. Every part of your life, work, friendships, time, money must come under his control. D, do, something to do. Accept Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord to control you, your saviour to cleanse you, your friend to guide you and be with you. And then I prayed a prayer similar to this. Lord Jesus Christ, I know I have sinned in my thoughts, words, and actions. There are so many good things I have not done. There are so many sinful things I have done. I am sorry for my sins and turn from everything I know to be wrong. You gave your life upon the cross for me. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to cleanse me. Come in as my Lord to control me. And I will serve you all the remaining years of my life in complete obedience. Amen. And when I'd done that, I felt a a relief, massive relief, because um, I didn't put in those words, but I was convinced, God had convinced me of my sin. But only, there was lots of sins in my life, but he convinced me of just one. And it's like this. To live my, continue to live my life as I have been doing without God, without considering him, is wrong. And to commit my life to him and follow him is right. And so I was convinced by God that I wanted to do what's right. And I prayed that prayer. And the relief came over me. A weight lifted off. And I became a Christian. That's the moment I became a Christian. There's more to the story. Just want to say, we would love to hear your story of how you became a Christian. Uh, We've had a few people share recently, uh, but if you would like to share your story of how you became a Christian, in five minutes, that was three, because I checked it on the clock, so you can do it a bit longer than that, but about five minutes, we would love to hear hear your story. Um, Love to hear you say it here, uh, but if you don't feel confident to say it, we can do an interview with you, or you can write it down. We love to hear your story of how you became a Christian. Whether you became a Christian last week 
or 40 years ago. We would love to hear your story. Please come to one of the leaders and speak to us and tell us. <clears throat> but actually, the main thing I want to share is what happened the next day. The next day when I woke up, to my surprise, God was in the room. God was in the room. I didn't expect him to come into my life. I thought that I would serve God all my days and one day I'd meet him in heaven. I didn't expect him to come into my life. But he was there in the room. I didn't see him. By the way, I didn't see him. He wasn't in physical form or visible form. I didn't hear anything. Um, how I knew that God was there, I can't explain. I just knew that God was there. He was in the room with me. And as I went about my day, I sensed that God's presence was with me. Have you ever experienced in any way the presence of God? Maybe you've just felt Father God embracing you when you really need it, just hugging you, yeah? Maybe you just felt a deep peace, a deep, deep peace. Maybe in really difficult circumstances where a peace is unexplainable, but you've felt a peace or just a joy bubble up, yeah? Or you may feel that Jesus is right there in the room, that you could speak to him as though he's physically there. Or you're just praying and you just know that he's answered you. And you feel his presence. And many, many other ways that you feel the presence of God. Put your hand up if you've ever felt the presence of God. What you've experienced is the Holy Spirit. And that's... He is the subject of my talk today, the Holy Spirit. We're in a series called Good News, where we're looking at different aspects of the good news. And the good news today is that God sends his Holy Spirit. So there should be a little picture there that you might have seen on Facebook. God moves house, shares home in Hereford. God, by his Spirit, wants to move into your home and your life, just as he did that day when he I woke up and he'd moved into my room. He didn't stay in the room, he came with me, by the way. Well, the, the verse I really want to focus on, uh, the key verse for me, is in John 7. So this is when Jesus went to the festival, and on the last, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures, scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. Jesus said, if anybody's thirsty, come to me and receive rivers of the Spirit of God. Is anybody thirsty? Amen. Do you know what? For me, there's times when I'm really thirsty for God, and there's times when I'm not at all. Anybody experience that? And it, and it seems like, no, you can just go about your life, and you don't have the same desire for God. And uh, if you don't, then I think to pray is that God gives you thirst. Uh, I've had it recently... Um, I've woke up early in the morning with a real desire to pray. 
and I've got up and prayed. I have to say I don't have a real desire to get up, but the real desire to pray overcomes that. And then some days I wake up and I think, no, I have a real desire to go back to sleep. And it comes and goes. But I want to say that the more we give into the desire of God, the more that, that desire grows. And God wants to give us a desire today, and he wants to fulfill that desire of rivers of living water. So I, look at, I want to look at briefly who, he, who is the Holy Spirit, what is he like, and how he helps us. But I also want to address a couple of uh, wrong ideas that people have, not, not so much ideas, but feelings about the Holy Spirit. One is fear or nervousness, anxiety, and the other is disappointment. I want to talk about those and address those. So who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, a guy I know, a well-known preacher, uh, was asked, me, why do you focus so much on the Holy Spirit? And he just answered, because he's God. Holy Spirit is God. God is described as a trinity. Now, if you think you've got this right in your head, probably haven't. He, we cannot get our head around God. He is bigger than we can get around. But the clever theologians describe it like this. There is one God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That, and if you get Jesus, then in Jesus is all of God. Not a third of God. If you get the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, there is all of God, not a third of God. So each of them are all God, but together they are one God. Got it? If you understand that, then you haven't got it. But that's he described. He describes as three persons, not three humans, but three persons. So he is God. He's not a thing. He is a person. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. What is the Holy Spirit like? I think sometimes we struggle to understand what the Holy Spirit's like. We, we, we maybe get a better idea of what the Father is like and the Son is like because they are uh, family members that we can relate to. We, we, we know about that. But Holy Spirit, we don't quite get. So I'm going to say what the Father's like and Jesus is like first, and this will help us. So the Father, if you had a good father, he's like that good father, but much, much better. If you didn't have a good father, then he's nothing like that bad father. Our father, God, is a father, a perfect father that has time for you. He loves to spend time with you, his children. He loves that. And he is unconditionally loving. He's not demanding. He's not waiting for you to mess up. He's merciful. He's forgiving. He's patient. He corrects you gently. He guides you, forgives. He's not demanding. He's accepting. He is a perfect, loving father. Jesus, I think Jesus said to his disciples, I call you friends. Jesus is the best friend you could ever have. He knows you as you are. He accepts you. He's forgiving. He values you. As Jesus went about, he valued the rich people. He valued the religious people. He valued the people that everybody else despised. That's what Jesus is to you. 
<coughs> what is the Holy Spirit like? Well, I don't know whether we sometimes relate better to God the Father or Jesus because maybe of our experience with our Father. But for the moment, think of who you best relate to, Father or Son. Think of God in those, in the way that you can perhaps get your head around. And let me tell you, Holy Spirit, that's what he's like. He's like Father. He's like Jesus. His personality is exactly the same. If you meet the Father, you'd know Jesus, you'd know the Holy Spirit. That's what he's like. He is not weird. Sometimes people get the idea that the Holy Spirit is a bit weird. He's not. He's a person. He's as normal as the Father. Well, normal. I say he's supernatural. He's God the Father. He's not weird. He's a person. He's not human, but he's a person. He's a personality. He's powerful, but he's not a force. He's a person. It's not just, sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is kind of some force. No, he's a person. He's a person, and we can know him like we like, like people who walked with Jesus knew him, we can walk the Holy Spirit and know him as a person. Amen? And you may be thinking, well, he's not, he must be different from the Father and the Son. Let me just read from John 14 how Jesus talked about the Father and the Spirit. So John 14, Jesus said, well, Philip starts off saying to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time. Now, I just want to say, because of what part of my communication um, method is interrupting, uh, Adriana will confirm this, that at this point, to save Jesus going, uh, making a big mistake, I would have interrupted him. And said, yes, we know you, Jesus, but my question was about the Father. Can you explain the Father? Show us the Father. And Jesus starts talking about himself. So I would have interrupted him but to save him wasting his time. <laughs> but I, if he did interrupt it, that was edited out when this was written. So it probably wasn't. But Jesus goes on to say, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. If you meet Jesus, you've met the Father. The same personality. Confused? You should be. It is beyond our understanding, but their personalities are the same. So if you think... Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it have been amazing to be alive in the time of Jesus and know him and walk with him? We're in the alive in the time of the Holy Spirit. It is equally amazing. So he goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, uh, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He calls it another advocate in this version, sometimes another comforter, another counsellor. Uh, that's the word that he's using, uh, advocate. It means somebody who comes alongside to help. 
But the word another, it's, it can have two meanings in English. Uh, they use a particular word in the Greek of the Bible. It means um, one like, another one exactly the same. Like if you said, uh, here's an apple and here's another apple. It's the same. Or here's, that's another. Or you could say, here's a, uh, an apple and here's an orange. That's another fruit. That's different. In this case, he's saying another one like me. This Holy Spirit, this advocate, is another one like me to be with you. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It goes on, but I would have interrupted him again here to say, I'm still confused, Jesus. Who's coming? Is it, is it the Holy Spirit or is it you? Because you've just I will come to you. But you were talking about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he brings the whole of God. So if the Holy Spirit comes, you, don't know, you know Jesus. Sometimes I talk to God the Father in the same sentence I flip to Jesus, Holy Spirit. They're one. They're not, getting, they're, not, they're not getting confused by my press. They are one. I labor that because sometimes we think, Father, I, yeah, I get that. Jesus, I get. Holy Spirit sounds a bit weird. He's not weird. He's like the Father and the Son. He's a person. I imagine him as a, a person. He's not a human being, but I often imagine him as a person alongside with this one come along to side, side to help me. Isn't it amazing? Just in the Old Testament, God lived, well, God's everybody. It says he lived in a temple in, amongst the people, but inside the temple. The people couldn't get to the presence of God. When Jesus came, when Jesus came, God lived as a physical human being amongst them. People could touch him and see him and, and, and hear him. He lived among them. But now the Holy Spirit lives in us. God lives in us. That is amazing. It's not a third of God. It's not a force sent by God. He is God living in us. It is amazing. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit does lots and lots of things. He convicts us of sin. He gives us power. He produces the gifts, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. He produces prophecy. He produces words of knowledge. He produces um, many things. We're going to pray in a moment, and we're going to, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do which could be anything. But I really feel that God wants to focus on one particular thing. We'll give him permission to do anything, but one of the main things he does, the Holy Spirit teaches us our identity. He makes us know who we are in God. In Romans 8, it says this, The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Hannah spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. This is not, adoption to God is not a signature on a piece of paper. It's his spirit living in us. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit will make you know that you know that you know that you belong to God as his child. In Galatians 4 verse 6 says a similar thing. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. <coughs> we're, going to, we're going to sing in a moment uh, a song that talks about us being no longer slaves of fear, but child of God. But I want to just want to talk about fear. Sometimes people have fear of the Holy Spirit or disappointment. Fear because maybe we think the Holy Spirit's a bit weird. He's not. He's a person. He's a person. And he'll come to you. Um, and linked to that, disappointment. I've not experienced the fear, really. I've experienced the disappointment. So when I first heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being overwhelmed by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, um, <clears throat> Uh, in the church I was in, it was a bit controversial, and they wouldn't tell me about it. But I got a friend to tell me about it, and he told me about his experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> then he said, would you like me to pray for you now? And I thought, yes. And then he completed his sentence and said, or do you feel you're not ready yet? And I thought, oh. If there's a possibility that I'm not ready, then I'm sure I'm not ready. It suddenly became not about the gift that the Father wants to freely give, but whether I'm ready. It became about me. And I, I said, oh, wait, because I thought I won't be ready. And that was a disappointment. How good do you think you have to be to receive the Holy Spirit? You can never be good enough. You have to put your faith in Jesus. He gives it as a gift. Um, also, I, I uh, experienced seeing people, when they received or were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, have a reaction in certain ways, maybe overwhelming ways, and I didn't experience that. I've seen people be so overwhelmed that they've fallen on the ground, not hurt themselves, but fallen on the ground. And uh, I, I wanted that. Because I thought, oh, that must be a bigger experience than, than not falling on the ground. Or some people laugh and seemingly uncontrollably or cry, and that never really happened to me. And I've been in meetings where, where the Spirit has moved and nearly everybody's fallen on the ground, and, I, and I'm waiting, and I, I open my eyes, and there's, I look across, and there's only me and one other person. You know who you are. <laughs> One other person stood up, and I, I felt disappointed. Uh, that Maybe, why not me, God? Do you know, God treats each of us as individual children. He knows what's best for you. Let me read Luke 11, uh, verse 11 to 14. Jesus said this, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When we ask God 
God, the Father, to give us the Holy Spirit, he's going to give us a good gift. You don't need to be fearful, and we're not going to be disappointed. You don't need to be fearful, and God will not disappoint us. But he'll do it in his way. We don't need to be fearful. Some people, sometimes people are fearful that if the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we'll lose control. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. We're in control. We're not controlled by God. We're led by God. We won't go crazy. Unless we choose to go crazy. We have self-control. Self-control. God wants to give you a good gift, the Holy Spirit. You don't be, need to be fearful. He will not disappoint us because he's a good, good father. Um, and so I, I want to pray that, that fear is taken away. and I want to pray for disappointment to be taken away. <coughs> you know, I've, I've come, to, I come to a place where however God does it, whether I, whether I react in the same way as other people, which may seem more spectacular or more filled with the Holy Spirit, God knows what, what he's doing with me. I've, I've felt, and you know, I've, I've heard people say, I felt a warmth fall over me, electric shocks through my body when the Holy Spirit, and uh, I've, you know, I've heard people say, oh, can you feel the, the wave of the Holy Spirit? Can you feel it? And I go, no. Yeah. Everybody's going, yeah, felt that, felt that. Feel the thing. I've, God said to me one time, don't feel, believe and receive. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants, the way he wants it. But he's not weird. He is a person. He is your friend. And he will fill you and treat you how he, 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 he means. I, a friend of mine, he, he was prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit and felt nothing. Until a couple of days later, he was just in the kitchen and the Holy, he just felt the Holy Spirit come on him. And he thought, oh, right, that's it. So God will do how he wants, when he wants but he will not disappoint you. Um, so I'm going I'm to ask the, the band to come back up and we're going to sing a song. And the reason we're going to sing this song is, A, because it talks about being a child of God, which is what the Holy Spirit convinces us. One time that I did really feel the Holy Spirit come to me, I just felt as people were responding in different ways, and I just felt... Uh, God's, the Holy Spirit said to me, just repeat, I'm God's son. And I said, I'm God's son, probably a hundred times and nothing else. I'm God's son. And I was talking to myself what the Holy Spirit was telling me, you're God's son. Because sometimes we need to hear it over and over again. Because sometimes we've heard over and over again, you're no good. You never amount to nothing. But God says, you're my son. You're my child. You're my daughter. And so we're going to sing uh, this song, which declares this. Um, and as we sing it, I'm going to pray in a moment. The Holy Spirit just comes and touches us, fills us in any way, any way that he chooses. And you ask God for, a, for the Holy Spirit. If he asks for a fish, he'll not give you a snake. No, if you don't like fish, don't think of that one. Just do that. It's a good thing, not a bad thing, that's the point. 
He wants to give you a good gift today. We pray, we, somebody prayed in the prayer meeting beforehand, God, I know I've asked for a lot today. And that's good. We can never, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we can never be asking for too much. He wants to pour out his spirit. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. And if you, you can just ask God where you are. If you'd like somebody to pray for you, then um, me and Adriana, Tony and Leslie will pray for you. Come to the front and they'll lay hands on you. You might not pray for long. Pray that God um, will fill you in the Spirit, with the Spirit in the way He wants. Um, we haven't got magic hands. It's just that God uses laying on of hands. Father, thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and you are a person. And you're not a force. You're not a... Um, an atmosphere you are holy spirit and we know you're here because father you promised your presence with us you promised to give the holy spirit when we ask and father we ask we ask right now for everyone here that you give the holy spirit that you fill us with your holy spirit each one of us i pray particularly that you would speak into our hearts the abba father that you convince us in our hearts we are yours, that we are your children, your sons and daughters. Come Holy Spirit and do what you want to do among us. In Jesus' name.